You're tuned to Practical Solutions for Life. Life is full of changes, whether it be a new marriage, a new position, or saving for retirement. These all require a plan. Each week, we'll pick a topic such as wealth, health, or relationships. We'll talk about choices and solutions that will empower you to take charge. Feng Shui can help you get ahead. It's ethical, practical, and it works. Let's get back to basics so that you can move smoothly through life's challenges. Welcome to Practical Solutions for Life. I'm your host, Katherine Wilking. Good morning and welcome to Practical Solutions for Life. We're broadcasting live from Simcoe County in Ontario today, right on the shores of Lake Simcoe. There's still a bit of snow on the ground here and yet it's all trying to melt. It seems like every region has its issues these days. And just like the weather, sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen in your day. I'm your host, Catherine Wilking. And yes, we've had some technical difficulties, but I've still got some exciting news to share with you today. The title of this show today is a little auspicious. Um, It's called The Power to Go Forth and Prosper. So that's pretty cool. And so... It attracts interest. It's a mystery to some and a little bit too woo-woo for others. It's interesting that there's still an attraction to the topic feng shui after 4,000 years. You see, feng shui never goes out of style. In modern society, we use meditation, mindset, and the like to slow down and think. And yet, with feng shui, the masters teach us to set the intention for what we want, as the future is ours to embrace. Our guest today is James Jay. He's one of the co-founders of the International Feng Shui Guild. He studied with the BTB master, Professor Lin, and worked with hundreds of individuals around the world to set up their businesses and learn more about being in command of their lives by setting intentions. A little bit more about our guest. James Jay and his wife, Helen, have a passion for travel. Since 1997, the Jays have led groups to the sacred mountains throughout China. Their program, China Studies, through Beijing and Shanghai, invites people each year to learn more about feng shui. They're considered among the top world experts on China travel. For over 25 years, James and Helen have offered the Certified Feng Shui Professional Training Program, developed exclusively by the Jays, and they've taught hundreds of feng shui consultants. Insightful real estate agents, investors, and homeowners sell their properties quickly and profitably through their certified feng shui staging program. James and Helen are founding members of the International (coughs) Feng Shui Guild, and they credit much of their early training with the late H.H. Thomas Lin Young, the grandmaster of the BTB School of Feng Shui. They love sharing their passion and living with intention every day. Gives me great pleasure to have James J. on our show today, The Power to Go Forth and Prosper. Welcome, James J. Oh, hi, Catherine. Hi, I'm glad you could make yeah. it on the show. I okay. met James in Beijing. He and his wife, Helen, organized a feng shui tour each year to Beijing and Shanghai, and I joined them on a tour a few years ago. He'll tell us more about that later in the show. The trip was amazing and still a highlight of mine to many travels to date. James, you were the first to jump on the feng shui bandwagon when it was introduced to Western society in the 80s. But as we know, these ancient teachings are probably 4,000 years old and still relevant today. Since it's the Empowerment Show, James, I ask all my guests to tell us a little bit about a turning point in their life, perhaps an aha moment. Would you care to tell us a little bit more about how you got to this point in life? 
Well, I think one of the most interesting stories is uh, when we first went to China, uh, the mm-hmm. very first uh, trip we took, it was just Helen, myself, and our son, Anthony. And I had been trying for months uh, to find out if we could study feng shui in China. And mm-hmm. I was sending emails, and this was back in 1996. And mm-hmm. I was sending emails to the embassy, to the consulate, to uh, travel agents. And all I was getting back was, no, there's no feng shui in China. Forget it. It's illegal. <laughs> we don't do it. <laughs> oh, that's and funny. So we decided to go anyway. So the three of us took off, and uh, we, on the flight over, it was very interesting because there was a Chinese woman sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. And she started shaking some coins and throwing them on her tray table. And I looked over and I said, are you doing the I Ching? You know, uh, doing an I Ching reading? She goes, mm-hmm. yes, I am. How do you know about that? And I said, oh, it's, it's pretty popular in America. You know, a lot of people know about the I Ching. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, that's interesting. When you go to Beijing, I'd like to introduce you to my feng shui master. <laughs> oh, so, how funny. So she had the yeah, two Chinese coins, so, the one with the holes in only, them? Yeah, yeah, they have, uh, not only, you know, they were saying there's no feng shui, but we come to find out that they don't really do anything without it. Yes. Um, and so our first day in Beijing, we're in front of a classic feng shui master that you, you know, if you pictured a classic feng shui master, the long, you know, goatee beard. Um, oh, wow. You know, kind of dressed as, like a Taoist monk. And he, was, and he was telling our fortune. It was so interesting. And so, you know, we come to find out that almost everything that's done in China is done with some sort of feng shui, you know, in mind. Because feng shui is so deep and, you know, ingrained in feng shui society that you could almost say it's like, um, you know, uh, common sense. So Mm -hmm. uh, people naturally use it, whether they call it feng shui or not. It's just been used for so many thousands of years that they continue to use it. For sure. So, so they were trying to keep it a real big secret. Then is that what you're trying to you're trying to tell me here? So well, that it's not no. highly publicized. You can go in and study feng shui. You're taught by your grandmother or you know the local monk or something. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's part of it. But one of the main things is that in uh, 1950, when the communists took over the country, <laughs> they outlawed anything that they felt was superstitious or religious in nature. So mm. it was actually, on the books, illegal to practice feng shui. Um, so Interesting. Yes. Up, you know, it's, it's opened up a lot more these days, but um, still, you know, it's still on the books. You don't want to, you know, really um, advertise that you do it in China, you know, practice feng shui as a consultant. Um, you can study it as an academic, um, you know, for, for research, Mm-hmm. And they do have classes in some of the architecture schools throughout China, but it's more of a, a you know an academic approach rather than a practical approach. Yeah, because a lot of people they 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 learn from their their grandmothers or any of these types of um, superstitions. You know how to you cook the meat or or you know hanging something over the door at certain religious times as well too. So. Having this Chinese influence in your life in the 90s, uh, what was the response back then when you told people that you were studying feng shui? It was usually feng what? 
<laughs> Mung Wai? And, uh, okay. Yeah. But you're what a man. Uh, like typically, you know, some of this sensitivity type practicing is uh, female, not male. So here you are male in the 90s and you're studying feng shui and nobody has heard of it or can pronounce it properly. Right. Well, actually, um, in the late 70s, I uh, became an interior designer. And okay. Mm-hmm. Before that, I always kind of dabbled in, in Buddhism, and I went to Japan on a couple of occasions, and I felt this overwhelming sense of, you know, tranquility and empowerment in some of the Buddhist temples that we visited. Yeah, and so agreed. My goal, my goal was to try and create a sort of a, a interior design with that transcendental feeling to it, metaphysical feeling to it. Yeah. But I had no idea anything about feng shui. And... I found out very quickly that people didn't want Buddhist temples in their homes. <laughs> or, exactly. You know, so or some popular. of the woo-woo stuff. I know a lot of this, the cures that we do now, we can tell people just put this behind the door or, or behind, you know, the china cabinet or face it outside or something. So what was it about that prompted you to start doing tours? Um, just the fact that when we went there and we, we saw, well, it's all serendipitous, you know, things happen mm-hmm. in life that you can't plan. And one thing leads to another, of course. And, and our intention was, you know, that we could learn more about feng shui by being in China. And we met a man over there. His name is Rush. And uh, he is a, uh, has a travel business. And so we met with him. He said, is this feasible? Could we bring people here to study? He goes, oh, yeah. You could go to the most sacred places in China where it, it feels like you're going back, you know, thousands of years. Mm-hmm. It because, does. Mm-hmm. You know, the modern... A lot of the modern uh, technology and so forth that we have now isn't really in some of the little villages and some of the, uh, you know, uh, off the beaten path places that tourists don't go to. Um, So he said, yeah, let's put something together. And so it was like, I think uh, about nine months later, we birthed the first uh, Feng Shui China tour. How cool is that? Uh, I was introduced to feng shui in 1998, so that wasn't too far after uh, I, uh, that I talked to my first fu- feng shui consultant that came in and sorted out what we were doing in the house. And But mm-hmm. it took me a while. I was dabbling in it in different schools and different things in my life, and I wasn't properly certified till 2012. But at that time, I'd read enough books and come through a lot of problems for sure using it in my decorating home staging uh, business and we'll talk about that a little bit uh, farther on down but feng shui translates to the loosely to the things you can see and the other things you can't see so there's constantly more and more layers to spill when you're trying to get answers or trying to sort things out right that's right yeah absolutely um, and there's, you know, things going on not only in the physical environment that affect us, but also, mm-hmm. you know, in the metaphysical environment. Yes. And there was an old saying that I learned in Buddhism that you're, you and your environment are one and the same, two sides of a coin. Mm-hmm. So what happens in the environment can affect your mind, can affect your spiritual being. But at the same time, um, you can, you know... With your mind, you can change your environment. Right. And this is a, a very interesting correlation to feng shui because a lot of feng shui is, is pure intention. You know, mm-hmm. what we intend to have happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, using intention to bring in harmony and bring in balance. 
Well, this this all gets anglicized as well too, and even even that quotation that if you think it'll happen, it will. Right. If you right. think you won't, won't happen, it won't happen. And if you think it will happen, then you know what? It will happen. So it goes back to that mindset and the meditation and more and more business people are using that to calm themselves down and pontificate about what they actually want in their business. So that's pretty cool, too. So go back to traveling when you need to gather supports and helpful people along the way. We have an auspicious area in our homes and offices we can boost or enhance when needed. Can you comment? on gathering supports and and ensuring that helpful people will be there along the way. Yeah, this it's very interesting because there's such a you know, a dy- dynamism between uh, support and travel. So mm-hmm. in Feng mm-hmm. we have what's called the Bagua, as you know, and that means the eight houses or eight locations. And they're different parts of your life. You know, one pertains to wealth, one pertains to marriages and relationships, one pertains to your children and family, and one pertains to what we call benefactors. And the sense of that, what, what this means is um, having support in your life. And so mm-hmm. it's sometimes called helpful people. So it's this feeling that you're getting support from the outside. And actually, the image of that area is heaven. So we can, you know, kind of say it's gifts from heaven. Yes, now, I like that. Now, when you look at travel, travel, com- you're completely dependent on outside help. The person that flies the plane, the person that, you know, makes up the hotel room, the person that uh, creates meals for you. So as we travel, we're very dependent on support. And so by, you know, enhancing this area of our home, we can actually, um, you know, create this strong support system. And we all need support. <laughs> Absolutely. So this heaven-sent thing it, uh, also has a shape, too, like a half moon or a full moon? Yeah, there's, uh, well, the, uh, it's more like the sky. The sky, so okay. The, in Chinese, the same word for sky is the same word for heaven. So, oh, interesting. It, okay. Yeah, so it's this notion, you know, like in the West, we call heaven. We have this notion of, you know, um, there being a heavenly realm. And it's generally pictured as, you know, something very, very high. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's like outside of us, but it helps us. It guides us and, again, supports us. So, so it's like a full um, moon uh, shining on us all the time. Exactly. Exactly. That's beautiful. That's just beautiful. We're going to take a short break right now, but uh, we've established how to improve our luck and how we can get benefactors in our in our space. So stay tuned. We're going to hear more about China and how it's evolving today based on feng shui. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Catherine Wilking uses unique personal profiling and other feng shui tools in order to help you excel in all areas of life, wealth, health, relationships, and more. 
She offers face-to-face consultations through Skype or Zoom calls. She will set up your home office for success. Visit KatherineWilking.com and take advantage of the Home Harmony Package. Catherine would love to see your space and help find the right solutions for you. Check out other products and services at KatherineWilking.com. Catherine Wilking Designs is a counseling service with a difference. I'm Catherine Wilking. I use feng shui to help people achieve their goals. Are you having issues with your coworker or partner? Or perhaps life is beginning to spin out of control. Feng shui can help. Rearranging your space can always rearrange your life. Doesn't it make sense to set up your office, bedroom, and entire household for success every single day? Feng Shui never goes out of style. Visit my site, KatherineWilking.com, and let's get your space working for you. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to Practical Solutions for Life. If you'd like to send a question or comment about our program, please send an email to Catherine at CatherineWilking.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N at CatherineWilking.com. Now, back to Practical Solutions for Life. Hi, we're back and we're talking with James Jay of the International Feng Shui Guild. You can find him through Feng Shui Design Inc. So he's at www.fsdi.com. We're going to talk a little bit about the International Feng Shui Guild right now. You're one of the co-founders, James. How did that happen? Oh, actually, I'm not really one of the co-founders. I'm one of the um, charter, the first charter members. Charter member, so, okay. Yes. Yeah. And it, it started out just a small group of people. There was maybe uh, four or five people involved with actually creating the organization. And then as soon as I found out that, you know, the organization was being created, I uh, became a member, founding member. Founding. Okay. So that's why I got confused. Okay. Right. And yeah, the Feng Shui Guild is an excellent organization because there was no sort of standardization uh, you know, in people practicing feng shui back in the, uh, when did they form that? Early 90s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people were very well trained, you know, and some people just read a book on the weekend and then, you know, put up a, you know, a sign on Monday morning saying I'm a feng shui consultant. <laughs> so there was no real, you know, way to tell if somebody actually was or not. So the yeah, guild yeah. sort of uh-huh. went as a professional organization so that, and there's some testing involved, so the minimum standards apply that, you know, are basic to all forms of feng shui. And uh, it's grown. It's grown phenomenally, really. Uh, I know. How, I'm, there's way over, I don't know how many members now, over 200 for sure, last time I checked. And yeah, uh, they've got a board members now as well, too, and as a membership, small membership fee, but you can join if you're just a student or you're a professional or a red ribbon professional or uh, whatever level that you want. So that's pretty exciting. So if anybody's looking for someone local, go on to the International Feng Shui Guild and see if there's someone in your neighborhood, if that's what you're looking for. So the other thing that you've been doing, you've also put together something for staging your home. 
Now, real estate is a hot market right now, and there's uh, interest rates going here and uh, inf- inflation over here. <laughs> and it's crazy, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of competition on uh, these things. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your staging certification? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I began staging <clears throat> a little later in my career. I think it was uh, probably about 12 years ago or so. And I took, you know, some staging courses and we went out and did practical staging in people's homes. And mm-hmm. my goal was to combine that with feng shui. So mm-hmm. there's definite, you know, staging practices that all stagers do. It's, and mm-hmm. what you're trying to do is you're not setting the home up for the homeowner. You're setting it up for the buyer. Right. So that's why they call it staging. You're creating a, this stage effect. And so... You're doing everything so it will um, increase the buyer's interest, and it, it's been proven. There's a lot of statistics. I mean, you can you know uh, use mm-hmm. a search engine to uh, search staging, and you'll find that what it comes down to is pretty much if a home that's staged versus an unstaged home sells twice as fast and for more money. There you go. And that's just bonus. Yeah, <laughs> borne out by statistics. So by adding feng shui on top of that. Our goal is to have someone come into the environment and immediately feel balanced, you know, harmonized, kind of what I felt when I went in that first Buddhist temple in Japan many, many, many years ago. Right. And when people, you know, so we look at everything from your, your senses to what you, you know, uh, a curb appeal, you know, mm-hmm. first impression, quality of light, color harmony. You know, it's like I go over all these things in my staging program, Mm -hmm. and it's completely online, so it's very easy to do. It's about nine hours of training. And if anybody is interested in that, they can go to FS, like feng shui, fsstaging.com. And there's actually a free little um, video there that gives you the, what we call the feng shui secret. So S-E-C-R-E-T, and that stands for... Street, so that's your curb appeal, and what you can do with feng shui and staging to increase your curb appeal, because it's, it's said that people usually make up their mind to buy or not buy a house in the first 15 seconds. So if you pull up and, you, and you're turned off by something, you're immediately going to you know strike that off and look somewhere else. For sure. So we only get we only get that one chance to get that first impression. And then E is your entrance. In feng shui, your entrance is probably the most important area of your home because that's where all the opportunities come in. And that's Mm -hmm. where the chi originates. And and chi is a life force, um, which we deal with in feng shui. And it's all about the the chi, the Chinese term chi. That's for energy, yeah. What's that? Chi for energy, chi. Yes, chi for energy. So um, the entrance is where it starts. So you want to make sure your front door is not blocked or, um, you know, squeaky or broken or anything like that. The front door is very, very important. And the next thing is C, we want to create space. So, and this has a lot to do with clutter. So I know <laughs> Absolutely. In, a, a lot of feng shui <laughs> consultants deal with people that have a lot of clutter issues. And clutter blocks that flow of chi. Mm-hmm. So we want to create space. C could also just stand for clutter, too. Um, yeah. and feng shui, in feng shui, we believe that chi moves sort of like a river. So there could be a fast-flowing portion of the river, 
And then there could be areas where the river is stagnant, forms little eddies. Mm-hmm. And we get that in our homes, too. So there's areas that always attract, you know, a thing, junk. a clutter. A piece, <laughs> you, know. you know, everybody has a junk drawer, right? But yeah. sometimes there's a junk table and a junk floor and a junk room, and, you know, and a junk <laughs> home. So um, we really want to, especially with staging, um, to really have an open feel. The more open it is, uh, the more inviting it is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, R, S-E-C-R, is room at first sight. Now, this is a very important BTB feng shui principle that whatever you see when you first enter a home is going mm-hmm. to affect your personal chi. In feng shui, we believe that we all have chi as human beings, this life energy, and the environment also has chi. So mm-hmm. if this room you see first, uh, for example, let's say every time you walk in your home, the first thing you see is your refrigerator in your kitchen. <laughs> we say in feng shui that that's going to condition you, sort of a Pavlovian conditioning effect, where every time you walk in the house, you just kind of wander over to the refrigerator. You know, pretty soon. You're, you get hungry. You're, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're hungry every time you come home. And then even, you know, it gets to the point where you haven't even left work yet, and you're already thinking about what you're going to eat. And so in feng shui terms, we say that that can create, you know, eating, eating issues, <clears throat> okay. either over or under. And um, so we do a feng shui cure for that. We put what we call a barrier cure, and that doesn't have to block it totally, but it can be a symbolic mm-hmm. thing. And a lot of people that are studying feng shui or have heard about it know that sometimes we hang little crystals or sometimes we place things, you know, and to maybe divert your eye, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot we can do. So the room of first sight, though, is very, very important. And then E is for engage. Engage the senses. And so all five senses must be engaged. You know, so what turns people off a lot when they're looking at a home is, is smell. Yes. Very important sense for people. So in staging, we always, you know, and, and people know you go to an open, open house or something and they've got bread baking or they've got, you know, potpourri or, or some sort of scent because it's been shown that people get turned off very quickly by bad smells, you know, pet smells, and, you know, different things, grease, you know, things like that. So we want to make sure that there's nothing that's going to offend any of our senses. And we play up the positive and play down the negative. Right. And so what I mean by that, if there's a, if there's a really beautiful uh, view, let's say, then we want to direct people's eye to that view, you know, as soon as they enter the space. And we can right. do that with color, believe it or not. We can yes. put splashes of color that leads the eye. Or color cures are my favorite, has, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, artwork that has a direction, you know, somebody pointing and they're pointing at the view, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of things we can do. And then the final one, the T, uh, stands for transcendental or transcendental cures. And these are cures or feng shui solutions that you don't see. They're more in the metaphysical realm. And, and something that comes to mind that's very popular nowadays is space clearing. And that right. is, a, is yeah. a way of, you know, transcendentally lifting the chi, or, you know, we also call it a, um, a chi adjustment. And so it, and it's also said to rid the home of, you know, negative, negative vibes, negative feelings, even, you know, some people say ghosts, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so the transcendental is very, very important. 
So it's let's just review what, this, what the acronym and secret. The S is for? Street. Street. The E is for? Mm-hmm. Energy. C is for C clutter. Is create space. Yeah. R is for create room. Slash clutter. R, room of first sight. Okay. E, e would is be? Engage the senses. E's uh, senses. And okay. And the T is the transformation, transcendental. Transcendental, yeah. Transcendental. Okay. Well, that's super. Now, one thing you didn't mention was the uh, front door is the, the mouth of chi. So anything that comes in there or it's blocked on the way in is where all the nourishment and all that energy comes straight in through the front door. And uh, I know we talked about how important the front door is, but how many times does the door get stuck halfway open trying to come in with things behind the door or shoes left over or even bushes and things? All that stuff has to be trimmed to let all that chi in. But I've noticed, too, uh, an empty house. You could tell an empty house, meaning that the inhabitants have left, uh, when mm-hmm. you come to the front door, you turn the key, open the door, and all the life force, the, the lively chi has died. Yeah, right? exactly. So sometimes exactly. sometimes the house just gets em- left empty. It's staged, and then the people move on or something like this. What would you do to an empty house to raise the chi after everybody's already left? Um, well, if you're not going to be, you know, if, if everybody's gone and they don't want to invest in, you know, some rental furniture, that sort of thing, um, then all we can really do is, you know, do some transcendental space clearing to try and raise the vibe. Now, but if they do want to invest, you know, and and um, rent some furniture, you know, put in some plants. A lot of stagers have, have these things. That, you know, they, they have plants. They have mm-hmm. beds. They have – and they can, you can use a blow-up bed and just make it, you know, and it looks like a real bed. <laughs> and, yes. uh we say that most important areas to stage are the living room, the kitchen, and the bathroom, the master bathroom, because those are the things so three that are most things. important to yeah. people when they're looking for a home. Okay. So if, yeah. even if they put, people would put out the minimum amount to just uh, stage it so people can visualize how the bed's going to fit and that kind of thing, that's super important as well. Uh, I do know yeah, I've exactly. tried before leaving flowers and stuff, but if there's nobody there to water the flowers or there's nobody there to, um, to, to you know, just to dust every once in a while, the empty houses can get pretty shabby pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're, if you're, you know, if you are a stager and you're working with a real estate agent or you're a real estate agent that has a listing, you mm-hmm. should be checking on it. You know, oh, for sure. Making sure for the sure. plants are, are watered and, you know, it's not getting dusty or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of so, a funny, we're just, funny story. That, um, Helen and uh-huh. I recently sold our home in California. Yeah. And we went through the staging process on our own home. And it's it's interesting, you know, when you do it on your <laughs> own home. because I know. You, don't, you know, <laughs> you don't really see it as other people would. So yeah. we went through every single room. We just, you know, set it all up. And you want to get rid of most of the things that are uh, personal, like, you know, personal family photos and um, religious objects, uh, things like that you, that would, you know, tend to uh, make people feel like it's, they're coming into your space instead of visualizing their, it being their space. Mm-hmm. So once we had it all staged, 
and we put it on the market. It actually sold the first hour it was on the market. And oh, we got cool. well over what we were asking. Mm. So, yeah, it was, it was uh, very exciting. And I've experienced that with people, you know, clients over and over that, you know, even doing simple feng shui cures um, can be really, really powerful, even though you don't really, you might not even see them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, actually, that's the object. Is you, people shouldn't walk into the house and say, oh, this has been feng shui'd. They shouldn't do that. They should just come in and go, wow, this feels great. What did they do? And then that's good feng shui. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we've all For had sh- the experience, you know, walking into a place and feeling, you know, either overwhelmed because it's depressing or uplifted because it just feels mm-hmm. so light and, you know, airy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we say that's basic feng shui. Yeah, as a feng shui practitioner, we don't want to turn everybody's home into a Chinese restaurant, you know. Um, <laughs> and, and that's right. In the past, you know, they've gotten turned off by, you know, uh, somebody that, you know, comes in and says, you have to put this big Chinese uh, ball or, you know, uh, paint, paint a wall a certain color that might not Red resonate ribbons. with them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we always try and, you know, align the, the solutions with the client. Now, some people do want their home to look like a Chinese temple. You know, our Chinese restaurant, and that's well, it appeals fine, to them. They're yeah, in, they're yeah. in the minority. I get people the phone when we have the initial call and we're moving into setting goals and, you know, this. when should I come over and stuff. And I always get, well, the question, what are you going to do? And, you know, I'm on the phone for, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I can't tell them I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I have to come up right. with, uh, <laughs> with a couple of lines that, that make sense that, that we're going to find something that fits with you and your lifestyle. And that's the cure we're going to use for you, not the one with the red ribbons or, you know, mm-hmm. um, things. My husband years ago said, you're not hanging any of those crystals in here. And you know what? I hung the crystals anyways. And uh, I said to one of my friends, oh, my husband, he hasn't even noticed. <laughs> and she says to me, oh, he noticed. He's just pretending he doesn't notice. So right. <laughs> he got used to them over the years. <laughs> too, too funny. But uh, we're going to move into crystals right now. Interesting that you and Helen have moved into the crystals uh, in feng shui a little more intensely. Is this more about protection or abundance or, or how did this uh, open up for you? Well, a good friend of ours, uh, Sean Zinja, who's a, you know, a long time practicing feng shui, a master consultant who actually introduced Helen and I to feng shui. Mm-hmm. We uh, took our first class with him in, when was that? Like, late eighties, but, um, he started uh, going to Brazil and bringing back these really awesome, beautiful, uh, quartz crystals, amethyst crystals, citrine, mm-hmm. you know, various, uh, natural crystals. And in feng shui, well, crystals actually have their own inherent power. So, you yeah. know, a, a crystal actually can create electrical energy. Right. Well, that's quartz watches. Yeah. That would help. Yeah, so, right, and very accurate, very uh, precise. And so, not only can you use it as a feng shui cure with your intention, you know, like we do with the glass crystal balls, yep. but this not only, you know, carries that intention of the person placing it, but it also has its own power. So, what we've been experimenting and doing is using crystals um, to form grids, so it, you can put a nice natural quartz crystal in each corner of a room, and 
and okay. to uplift the room, uplift the chi of the room, you can put them in you know four corners of a home, okay. and to create a grid, and everything inside that grid is sort of cleared. And we oh. also use them when we find um, lines of force or lines of energy, and this is something you can find. You know, uh, people may know about dowsing. A lot of yeah. times we'll use dowsing rods. And we had, well, I'll give you an example. We had one client, for instance, who was um, having medical problems and nobody could diagnose it. You know, nobody could figure out what it was. She had no energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she called us up and we said, well, come out and, and I'll douse around the house. And mm-hmm. what I found was there was a line of energy going straight through her bedroom. I found it on the front of the house and I found it at the back of the house. Yeah, yeah. And So what we did to clear that was to get a good-sized quartz crystal, at least a pound or two pounds, and we buried one where the line of force was was either going in or coming out on one side of the house and the same on the other side where we found it with our dowsing rods. Mm -hmm. And that cleared it up. And within, I'd say, a few weeks, she was feeling just, you know, like her old self. She was feeling great again. Um, That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, I do dowsing as well too. When I do a full feng shui home harmony uh, thing as well too with my clients and walking along the the sidewalks or the intersections, looking for not only personal interference lines but EMF lines and cell phone tower lines and anything else that can disrupt area or even some metals in the houses are conductors um, as well. And you've got to be careful. And most of the cure that goes with the dowsing rods. Uh, are copper rods, and the copper rods mm-hmm. can get put hidden right into the baseboards as well, too. But this is something that's new that you and Helen are doing with a, a bolt. So are you looking for like a slice of a quartz uh, rock or uh, one that's still intact? What t- what you said about two pounds. What is it? And oh, do they all have yeah, to be the same if they're going to work no, together as a grid? The, we, we, we generally use either one-pound crystals or two-pound crystals, um, okay. approximately. They're, they're all different. And we call these energy-grade crystals. They're, you know, okay. you, you go to a, a gem store and buy a two-pound quartz crystal, it's going to cost you hundreds of dollars. I know. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we use ones we call energy-grade. They're clear, but okay. they're, not, they're not, you know, they're not like a, a showroom-type crystal. You know, they're really the ones that are, like, really clear and, and distinct. But they are beautiful. Um, and uh, so they're much less expensive. You know, they're like uh, $50 for a, a two pound and yeah. 25 for a one yeah. pound. So they're okay. much, much less expensive. So and, that's pretty um, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so do you those, sell these on your site? Do. I know Helen's got a small store with the, some of these essentials that we can buy. Is this available on your site? Yeah, we do. Uh, I'll give you the uh, URL for that. It's um, bit.ly. Slash FS yep. crystals. And slash, uh, we have the energy grade crystals there. And, and just to give you an interesting story, I was doing a training in Seattle uh, about mm-hmm. two years ago. And <clears throat> I rented a small Airbnb home to, to, to uh, conduct the training in, uh, feng shui practitioner training. And the first, and, and I realized when I got there, you know, you, 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 I was in California, so it was sight unseen, you know. Um, and you don't really know what you're going to get if you haven't seen it. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. in the home, there was a large 
circuit breaker box right in the master bedroom. Oh, cool. And yeah, <laughs> great. It's what you want. You're right behind the head of the bed. So <clears throat> that's one of the worst things you, you can have in your bedroom. Um, so the first day of class, and there was about, I guess, 10 students or so, one woman kept like rubbing her head. And, and I go, are you okay? And she goes, well, I got migraine, and, you know. And uh, she, so she was suffering, you know, and she was almost ready to leave the class. And mm. it, that mm. same day, I received four of these giant, you know, the two-pound crystals from my friend mm-hmm. Sean. Mm-hmm. And at lunch, I set up a grid in the house. I had to run to the post office to get them. And uh, when I got back, I set them up around the house. I didn't tell anybody. I just, you know, did it for the EMFs. And she walked in, coming back from lunch, and walked in and goes, wow, what happened? You know, she goes, all of a sudden, my, as soon as I walked in, my headache went away. Oh, and, uh, interesting. Yeah, it works yeah, fast. It very, and the people that are sensitive, and me you know, on. and sensitively cha- trained can pick up on this stuff. Exactly. And that was one of my first um, experiences with the crystals. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start using these a lot. Yeah. And, um, yeah. 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 Can can, uh, can we get the link to the, your site again, just for our listeners here, the bit link, B-I-T dot L-Y. So that was the bit.ly slash. And what came after that? F-S, like feng shui, F-S yep. crystals. F-S, I can't, still can't hear you. F-S crystals. Crystals. Okay. Crystals. Right. Sorry, there's, the there's noise on my end here. The the dogs have pushed the door open and <laughs> goodness knows. So bit top bit dot ly slash fs crystals. Okay. Thanks. I just want to make it clear for people looking for these uh, today. Uh, James, we're just going to move a little bit forward here. There's some questions that have come in, if uh, that's okay with you. And uh, here's one about more tours. Actually, James, when I invited you on the show today, I thought you'd be inviting us all to join you in China this fall. Uh, But the tour has already sold out. And so this question here is, uh, what's coming up next? Can we book into your tour next year? Yes, well, we do it every year in the fall. So um, we'll get all the information up probably somewhere around December, I would imagine, uh, for 2020. And yeah, I'd love to have anybody who wants to come. It's it's a very uh, exciting adventure. And the places we go, like there's one particular place we're going uh, this fall, is uh, called Putoshan. And it's an island dedicated solely to the goddess of mercy, Kuan Yin. And I know a lot of people. I was there. That was on my trip, too. Uh, I know you don't go every year, Kuan Yin. That was fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. And you don't see a lot of tourists. You see pilgrims, yeah. you know, but you don't see a lot of tourists. So we like to go to places where it's very authentic. They consider it sacred, you know, and there's four sacred mountains in China. We kind of rotate them. And mm-hmm. each one is, is uh, devoted to one of the bodhisattvas of the Buddha. And yes. so um, that one is uh, dedicated to Kuan Yin. Yeah, that's that's. And a lot of times people can go, if we don't go there, they can always go after the tour. It's very close to Shanghai, where we usually end the tour. Right, right. Okay, yeah. so you're, if you're looking yeah, at getting people on your, um, your mailing list, is that what you're doing, or how, how do they get a hold of you? Okay, if they um, go to our main website, which is fs, 
like feng shui again, fsdi.com. Very easy, fsdi.com. And uh, it has all the travel information there. You can uh, shoot me an email. If anybody has any direct questions for me, um, you can send an email to james at fsdi, and I'll be glad to answer any questions people have. Right. Right. Okay. We'll we'll just reiterate that uh, before we end as well, too. So we've got another question. Uh, tell us about the most fascinating trip you took and what happened there to make it fascinating. Okay. Let me think for a second here. Um, I, you know, I would actually say it was probably that very first trip we took to China when we met the feng shui master. And, uh, I'm trying to think, and all of our tours are so, you know, fantastic, and they're it's all all magical. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was every one. Yeah. That's really a trick question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the answer is good. they're all fantastic. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Easy answer. Uh, one, more, one more question. Uh, here's one: Do you use classical feng shui as well as the BTB methods, or both? Uh, and which do you prefer? Um, I have studied both. Um, and, and they're both, you know, very powerful. I tend to more use the BTB approach because I found personally that people seem to relate to it and they seem to get, they always get good results. So, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but you know, if somebody wants to, you know, do some classical feng shui, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to do that as well. Like flying star feng shui, for instance. Yeah, is that more for if you're building a home or renovating rather than decorating? Oh, uh, it could be for both. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, some people do get confused with the different types of schools. So if you're buying books about feng shui, pay attention to what school that they're talking about in the book. That's my advice for anyone listening out here because I was buying interesting books and they just weren't matching each other it's just like different types of dance or different types of music they all have the same result and a different way of getting in there uh james we've just got a couple more minutes left is there anything we've left out or anything you want to leave with us today well just you know to let people know that um you know feng shui is is very powerful and it can really enhance their life and, and people, when they ask me, you know, what is feng shui? My quick answer is it's an ancient Chinese art and science that brings harmony and balance to your environment. And when you can bring in harmony and balance to your environment, it creates the good things you want in life. Happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, brings the good you things. You know, relationships, abundance. So, yeah, that's, um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. And all schools of feng shui create results. So, yes, um, yes, yeah, that's the important thing. That's important. Thanks, James, for so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure to have you on our show, The Power to Go Forth and Prosper. And for you listeners, if you're looking for more information about feng shui services uh, and you want to find a consultant near you, you can contact James J. or myself. So thank you to the listeners to join us on Practical Feng Shui for Life here. Uh, Go on to James J.'s website to pick up your free gift and make sure you're on his list to find out about his travels. His site again, www.f. SDI.com. So stay cool, calm, and collected. Spring is on the way. Uh, looking ahead, we Yay. have Michaela coming in. 
Michaela from Q Consulting, Finding Your Voice, and Wendy Tariff, The Wealth Whisperer. So pop on over to KatherineWilking.com for more information about me. Pick up your free gift and stay in touch so you won't miss another episode of Practical Solutions for Life. Uh, is there something you need to say here, James? Oh No, just uh, go forth and prosper. Go forth and prosper. I love that. We got a great show title. Uh, Goodbye, everybody. I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Practical Solutions for Life. Be sure to join Catherine Wilking for another amazing show next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, embrace the changes that are coming into your life and you too can have a great day. 